You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Hello, this is Just Jonda, and I am coming in just to let you know this is part two to our Bravo Gossip and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2, Episodes 5, 6, and 7. As you know, on part one, myself and Missy got so wrapped up in the Bravo gossip because there was so much to talk about that we went on for an hour with just the gossip. So we decided to cut the show so that you wouldn't have to sit too long and just hear what you want. You got the gossip in one episode and the recap, roast, and review of episodes five, six, and seven in a separate episode. So here is that recap, roast, and review of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episodes five, six, and seven, with JJ and Melissa picking up right where we left off. So (laughs) The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So we have uh, episodes five, six, and seven. Like I said, I think some of the themes are the same. So let's start with one of them because I think the wrap-up of it takes us uh, up to episode seven, at least with these two particular, with two of the characters in particular. So episode five was pretty much the, uh, I, I guess in literary terms, it was the denouement of the, uh, I won't even call it a fight, the talk I mean, was it really a confrontation between Angie and Lisa? I don't even know if I would call it a confrontation because the only person who was confrontational was Lisa when she unleashed the 3WT. And for those who want to know what that is, is my way of saying weaponized white woman tears. And we get a lot of that with Lisa. When she unleashed that... And with her tantrum, and by the way, tears that don't actually come out, but is still that whole thing, in right. order to make that moment about her. Now, granted, it was about her, but about her in a way that made her or was supposed to make her the victim. Um, in that moment, I don't, be- I-, I don't believe she effectively made herself the victim as she would have liked to. I think really what it ended up doing was it just created enough, just enough confusion to get her out of the situation. Because Mary and, not Mary, um, Meredith and Jen didn't know enough about what was going on to effectively defend her one way or the other. So they were really kind of just, I mean, they were sort of there as her support, but I don't think they really knew what to do other than to just try to calm her down and 
keep her from jumping out of a window because they just didn't right. understand enough about what was going on. Whitney, who did know what was going on, Lisa came at her so crazy when she sat down. I think she was caught off guard. I think Whitney came in like obviously to be nosy because I ain't lying. I would have done the same thing, especially like like she said to her husband, I know what's going on in the room and I kind of want to go in there. And I was like, I ain't lying. I, I would have felt the same way. Right, right. So, I mean, Whitney was, to me, Whitney was all of us in that moment when you know something is going down and you're like, okay, now how do I want to play this? Do I want to just be like F it and go all the way in the room and just sit down and dare somebody to tell me to get up or am well, I going to keep around the Once corner? Lisa had called everybody up in there, I mean, well, all bets were is, off. Well, and that's the way I felt about it too because I felt like, I mean, because didn't Whitney come in there more or less concurrently with Lisa going to get them? Whitney wasn't in there I think she came. Lisa I think she came after. I, I think she came you. in after like so you're gonna bring in some hoes who have no idea what's going on whatsoever when you've got Whitney who Angie has already told you that Whitney knew because Angie told her that she told Whitney right um right. it was so anywho the bottom line is there was no resolution because Lisa created even if she didn't necessarily get being the victim out of it, she still created enough of a mess to get herself out of the room. And then, of course, she went crying to John because that's her go-to, like she did at the reunion, or fake crying, no tears. And then she and and then she left. In fact, I'm gonna tell you a joke. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said this on something I was listening to earlier, and they said. Even Lisa's tears don't like her because they refuse to come every time she tries to cry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. Like, yeah. she needs and, an and, onion or something. Or she, or like Candace, you do, I'm telling you that part of the strategy with that whole corner of the tissue thing is yes, it keeps you from smearing your makeup, but that little corner also irritates the freak out of your eye. Could you imagine sticking the corner of a tissue in your eye? It's going to irritate your eyes. So that's going to, if it doesn't simulate tears, it's at the very least going to make your eyes kind of red, which still gives the illusion of tears. So, um, well, I guess Candace is a better actress than her. So at any rate, um, so that was pretty much it. And then we see as the days go on, apparently Angie had been trying to get in touch with her, which I think we found out more or less this episode, because we I don't think we got any of Angie in episode six. So between episode five and six, we kind of are getting the aftermath. Lisa uh, Meredith and um and uh Jen are still pretty much just finding out what's going on. And Heather, it, it becomes clear that what Whitney still craves, which just works my nerves um, with her, but maybe is the fact that she's young. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, you always have that girl who 
no matter how mean the mean girl is, there's just something in her that feels like she needs some type of approval from her, no matter how Mm -hmm. much crap she talks. And I think that that is Whitney, no matter how much bravado she may have when she is around Heather or whomever, there is a part of her that still wants the mean girl to give her some measure of respect or approval and I think that that is Whitney with Lisa and she did um they did connect uh more that was really more so in episodes episode six I do want to do that whole um uh thing on the ropes I I mean on the silks I say that all the time I feel like I need to lose some weight first but I do want to do that (laughs) her um her and Lisa did that and then later um whether it was the same episode or the following she and Lisa went to got together with the husbands and went to dinner because again they're trying to bring everybody together and as we have seen very much like the husbands on the other shows these men would be fine if either they just were allowed to get together when their wives weren't around or their wives just got along because it seems to be fairly consistent on on all of the shows that with the exception of maybe one husband who's maybe got into it a little too deep the men like each other and there's right no exception to that on Salt Lake City. I think with Mary's husband is sort of on an island alone because there's like a whole other weird dynamic going on there. But at least with all the rest of the husbands, well, Heather doesn't have one, all the rest of them are cool. And they all kind of are the same. I mean, they're like some white dudes in Utah and they're all business people and they're fine. Um, so anyway, uh, they all go to dinner. They go to dinner and before they can, it seems like before the damn appetizer even came, the individuals who own that restaurant, so y'all can't go nowhere else in Salt Lake City. So the individuals who own that restaurant make it a point to make it a beeline to the table, not just to say hello because they do business with them and of course are filming, but comes immediately starts talking some stuff about the whole party, which I'm with Whitney. Now, you know, would I have necessarily reacted in the same way she did? Uh, no. But do I think that she was spot on with Lisa setting her up? Yes, because it just made no sense for this person to engage in that conversation with Whitney or quite frankly, even with Lisa at that time. Well, if this you is what's to weird. Talk to Lisa about it, you wouldn't talk to Lisa about it in front of her company when she's obviously having dinner with a friend. And why the hell would you talk to Whitney about it if it wasn't even Whitney's party? Well, this is what's weird. The whole thing is weird because let's just say, even, you know, just assuming that these people have the motives that they're trying to make plain for the audience. I don't know what Whitney is really looking for from Lisa. Like, are you just looking for her to say, yeah, you got me. I'm a liar. Cause that's not what liars do. Well, I, I don't know if it was so much that she was looking 
for well in that moment i don't know if it was so much that she was looking for lisa to admit it i think the issue is probably more so that i see you and you i guess in your own way see me we have decided to have this little truce and pretend that we're going to try to be friends, right? So then we we go out, we da da da, and we're not even going to talk about that subject because all that's going to do is cause drama. And we're trying to be friends, right? So then mm -hmm. we continue this whole we're trying to be fake friends and go out with our husbands. And then here you go trying to bring this whole thing around because you just have to prove, excuse me, that you are not who we know you are. And I think for Whitney, it, it wasn't, I don't even know if it was so much that she expected Lisa to tell the truth. I think that it sort of came off that way because she was just generally aggravated that Lisa pulled the stunt. And I think so I think it was one of those things where she got she got aggravated and worked up. And of course, you know, adding some little extra rah-rah for the for the cameras. And so the outcome, whether Lisa admitted she lied or not, I don't think at that point the outcome even mattered. I think it was just one of those I want to be pissed that uh, about the fact that you decided to pull this bullshickle in, uh, you know, when we when we were coming out to dinner and having a truce. So I don't know if there was any, uh, uh, you know, I get what you're saying, but I don't know if there was any logic to it. And, and there are there are those moments where it, uh, the outcome doesn't even matter. It's just like seriously, this what you're doing, bitch. Right. I, I mean, she was, she was so, she was so shrill about it though. Yeah, and, and it was like a I'm... dog with a bone about it. And it's like, look, I mean, well, and I know, think and that it... was just her having as, as we hear with the housewives, that's the new phrase. I think that was just her having a moment. That was just her trying to prove, trying to prove that she was big and bad. You know how, when somebody who's usually not, the, you know, they not usually the badass, and then they finally assert themselves and they are just so freaking proud of themselves and they get all caught up in their own, like, I think she just got caught up in her moment. Like, I got you, bitch. You know, I think it was really more like that. I felt so bad for the restaurant people. I mean, it was kind of cringy because, I mean, here's their moment, right? To showcase on a national platform, whatever they have going on on the top of that mountain. Mm -hmm. And to talk about their food. And, and it just was not going to happen. But it Ever. also, but it it made you know the whole thing doesn't put them in a good light anyway because they got all caught up in in this drama. They'll be fine because just the mere fact that their restaurant was featured on the show, people are going to go to the restaurant because it was on the Housewives. If they're into that type of thing in Utah, right, um, right, you know, and and plus they were all on social media like trying to explain themselves too. I think the, the what it ultimately boils down to with Lisa, which is probably why, why she gets, and, and, and we might as well jump ahead to when she flipped out again at the um, at the lunch that they went to in the final episode. We saw episode seven where Angie was trying to talk to her. Once again, talk to her because this woman has never actually come at her. 
Right. Given the serious nature of what was done to her, you and I both know, don't do that to me. Don't do that to you. I'm not even going to say don't do that to a sister. I don't know too many people that you could do that to that are not going to flick off. There are now there are different. We all have differing levels of flick, but that type of thing you messing with my my event and it's for charity and and it's for my child yeah Yeah. there's i mean there are so there's so much with that and i think this is and, and of course we know this is the difference between people who really have money and something to lose in terms of how far they will go for Andy Cohen and Bravo versus just being on the show for a little bit of fun or exposure. Cause it's clear. Angie's got real money. They got friends who come to their house and write million dollars. (laughs) That's the kind of friends. I. Okay. I ain't never going to forget that. Cause that (laughs) mofo didn't write a check at the job. He didn't transfer the funds. He came to your house and gave you a million dollar check. Right. So not only does that speak about the, the the type of friends you have and what they got, but that tells me you rolling in some high cotton your damn self. Yeah. And yeah, so, pretty much. And and so this is somebody and so I think that the way that she ha- has carried herself is indicative of what level she's on versus these other women, which is probably why she ended up not getting the snowflake because she went, you know, because all of this is basically an audition for the snowflake when they're filming you because she Mm -hmm. was, they realized she wasn't going to give them moments. So Jenny got the snowflake. She didn't. Right. So, but anyway, I think what Lisa and it's probably why she goes off so hard because Lisa is never going to allow, which then she basically won because hell, Eric, uh, 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 damn Angie ends up apologizing to her. Um, uh, Lisa is not going to allow anybody to talk long enough to inject the logic of this that really pretty much puts the whole thing to bed because for me my thing is lisa i'm not even asking you or trying to have some kind of breaking bread conversation with you about this i'm just telling you bitch i see you and you just better watch out because and the reason why i say that is because once the the caterer said her name that's the end of the story that's the end of the story once if if you call me about my catering and you say i received a phone call from so and so there's there's nothing else to the story because if you had no involvement good or bad your name 
would not have come up. Now, right. if her involvement was in a benevolent way, like what they were trying to tell me before I saw Red, is that they just happen to be talking to you. And because you're their friend, they were sharing with you that they have a scheduling conflict and you were saying, please don't do that to my friend then you might want to use this opportunity to calm me down so that you can tell me that. But if that's not what the substance of that conversation was, because that's really the only thing that makes that better, then we have nothing to talk about. And I'm not asking you anything. Right. You're lucky that I don't act a fool and throw you out my house. In fact, the only reason you're here is because I was so busy trying to get my event together that I didn't have a chance to call your ass and tell you not to come. And now I got friends with million dollar checks in their pocket and I can't act a fool in here. But Couldn't we also rest in the fact that, look, I don't have a million dollars, okay? (laughs) But I have hired caterers for events mm-hmm. and for things. And at no point have I had discussions with any of these caterers, substantive ones, even for fundraisers that I've done, where it's like, oh, where they want to know like all of the details of the event. Hell no. Right. The only so like all of that is, is what is is what the setup is as it relates to where they're going to be and what they need to exactly. do. Exactly. And when am I going to get the check? What's the menu? Where's my check? And not even you when know. am I going to get the check because if they on their business, they telling me when they expect their check in relation to me getting my food. So all this extra conversation about about anything is 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 suspect just period you know what i'm saying yeah i mean and and i think it and that's why it's you know it, it boils down and angie's a better chick than us but again maybe because she just got so much money she she know how to act um, she got friends maybe. With all the checks. um okay so next uh episode six we got mary because i don't even remember i i had notes from episode five but it pretty much episode six gives well if we're gonna talk about mary I do need to just say that one of my favorite scenes in Housewives history, Mary going over to homegirl's house and talking to about that accident to the kids about the car accident. Yes, Lord. I can't, (laughs) I can't, you do it. Cause I can't with Mary. Mary gives me too much. I would have when she talked about her whack relationship with grandpa, I'm already all messed up. So you you handle that. If you come into my house and I have children, like see, this is why I don't just let anybody into my home. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you. If you've been in my home, I really like you. We're not acquaintances, we're not fake friends. No, I really I really like you. I do not let people I'm lukewarm about in my home, okay? And it's for reasons like that because I have other people in this home that I love and I don't want you traumatizing them. If you come into this house, right? And <laughs> you encounter my grandkids and I mean, these women are just habitual line steppers, but they just... 
you know, it's just, it's, it's messed up. And that's a, like a hard no, you know? And it was like weird. Cause it's like, I, like, I think Mary is funny and like, whatever. Oh, yeah, but she couldn't hang out but, with that in the house. But like, and it's the kids. Like, what is she doing to the kids in the church? I mean, uh, she's like. We've already heard that there's some old janky mess with her and the kids in the church. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is just, that was unreal. That That was a classic Housewives moment where I'm like, that will stay stuck in my head forever. Like, yeah. I'm not going to forget that. Yeah, so Mary, I, I just got to point that out. That's, that's, that's all. Like, I'd be ready to fight somebody. At that point, I'd be like, well, that was great. Okay, I'll see you later. Never come to my house again. Bye. You know, Mary is definitely on some special sauce. There's no, there's no question about that, where you just go, girl, like, what? So, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Mary, Mary talking about her about her relationship with Paul Paul. I, I, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, I think that Mary, like, there's there's women that come on these shows. Um, I'm hearing you move a lot. There's women that come on these shows that you can see. You can some of them you can see the beginning of the end of their marriage even when they don't because that may not be why they came but as you watch their dynamic and then just knowing the toll that the show takes and then how most of them tend to change and not even necessarily for the better or the worse but just they change you know you're getting your own money and and stuff like that you can see the the end coming even if it's not intentional then there's people like mary and there has been others like her where her coming on the show is her exit plan it is part of her preparing her financial package and, and you know establishing their brand perhaps outside of their area whatever you want to call it now the establishing the brand outside of their area i don't know if that's necessarily the case with mary because again mary's not right so i don't think in that regard she's as savvy as some of these other housewives but certainly as it relates to um creating a bag for herself this is um, this is the exit strategy. Whether or not she does it or how long it takes her to do it, I think is probably going to depend on how tied she feels to uh, the church piece and whether or not she still, you know, how much she feels like she needs to hold on to essentially what she worked for and gave up so much to get by marrying Robert, which would be um, a piece of what's left of, of the, the estate and, and whatever they have added to perhaps since then. But I think if, um, how, if, if this show continues and she gets the reasonable raises to get her like, you know, let's say to the half million Erica Jane mark or so, uh, Mary's out of there. 
And she's good on this show. So Mary, Mary not losing her snowflake is not an issue because wackadoo or not, she makes good TV. So her being on the show is really a matter of whether or not the show continues and whether or not she wants to continue on the show because they would be crazy to get rid of her. Yeah, she's the only interesting thing really going on on this show that's kind of deliberately funny. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, but know. really deliberately funny in terms of how they edit her because she's not trying to be funny. That's what right. makes her funny. Right, right. The rest of these because women... Because she's as serious as a heart attack. Right, but the rest of these women are like real snooze fests. Like... It's really bad. Yeah, and, and and unfortunately, they are like that while trying. Mary is not even trying. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that she's better at this from a show business standpoint, because that I don't think that that's it at all. I think that because she is just naturally quirky, but not in a way where she's hurting herself or something, not in a, oh my God, you know, she needs to go to rehab kind of way like a Kim Richards or something. But she but she has that, what we were talking about earlier that we like to watch with a Katie or Kim Richards, but without the concern that she's going to hurt herself. Right, right. I mean... Like, I could watch Mary on any show because she's unintentionally funny. And she lacks self-awareness because... You know, Mary is is like a real-life Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm in terms of the lack of of awareness. Because sometimes it is... It, it is, it's probably in real life if you were around her, because we're watching it on TV and it's not as over the top as a Larry David, because of course he's trying to be cringeworthy. Whereas uh, Mary, because we don't see as much of her, first of all, because it's not all just her. I think if we had a show where we were watching just her, we would cringe a lot more, especially because of the things that she says and the things that she says um, bring a cringe nature because they are not so much stupid as they are ignorant. So then you're like, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, she she is quite something to watch in the fact that she has a lack of awareness and is not trying to make those moments is even more interesting. Like. Her, for instance, her confessionals and the faces that she makes. Right. Um, it's like, or even when she, her tagline, what is it? Something like, she'll get Jesus on your side. What is her tagline? Again? Yes. Mess with me and I'll send Jesus or something. Yeah. Again, Wait. lack of self-awareness because I don't even, I, I think that when she came up with that tagline, it never occurred to her that someone might think that that was problematic or whatever. I think that in her mind, that's her idea of a read. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I gather she didn't go to theology school. So Uh, there's that. (laughs) 
uh, if you read some of her tweets, it sounds like there's, you know what, we're going to keep it moving. So um, let's see. We in, in episode six, we get the beginning of the discussion of Jenny and Dewey talking about the kids. So because we're running long, guys, we Melissa and I have talked about this extensively, but I'm hoping that we got it out of our systems so that we don't <laughs> talk about it as much here as we have behind the scenes. Um, this one, it, it has, been a, has been a tough one for me because I go back and forth with, uh, with this. I think that there are... Um, that there's just enough truth to make it plausible, but at the same time, it's just so... There's, I, I feel like it's definitely that there that it is believable. What am I trying to say? For those who believe that it's made for TV, this then I can see how you feel that way. Um, which is, I know, how you feel. But I also think that there is just enough realism injected into it, especially as it relates to um, the loss and uh, some of the discussion around that. And I'm not talking about when she was with the ladies in episode seven. That, that was a whole different situation when they got into that conversation. But I'm talking about between her and Dewey. I think that there was just enough um, about that, not just with the loss, but just with, um, I, I just don't think that either of them, and Dewey in particular, because of how mad he was when she suggested that he needed help, that was a genuine reaction. And so I, I think that, so that's where I, I vacillate back and forth with that one because I, I understand why, well, where um, it's definitely made to give a storyline, but, um, but it had just enough um, elements of truth in it that I feel like it might be six of one half dozen of the other. I'm gonna toss it to you. I think it's a completely manufactured storyline. I'm not buying it. I mean, they're just coming out of the gate. We don't really know them. And they're coming out of the gate with this stuff that is really personal and stuff that if it was really going on, I don't think you would go on a show and share it if it was in real time right there like that. Like if you, if your husband was pressuring you for a baby and, and wanting to bring in women from the outside, you might think, oh, maybe this isn't the time to go on a show. But if you concoct the storyline or hype up a smaller situation and get it to that point, for excitement or for a platform or something, which is what I think they're doing. See, and, and, and I think that you are injecting too much logic into an arena where we have consistently seen there isn't any. People who go <laughs> on these shows are not normal people. 
especially people that um, are not entertainment adjacent in terms of using it for other things like that, which is why I tend to give the, the Beverly Hills women, not all of them, but certain ones, uh, more of a pass. And, uh, because again, their proximity to, um, to the industry and most of them even having been a part of it. Um, and, and the same thing with, uh, Atlanta, cause that's a whole other thing in terms of, if, of it just being the land of the perpetrator. So that's just what they do down there. Um, but I think you're injecting um, an element of normalcy into the people that do these shows that uh, they are not worthy of. Because if there are people who have gone on these shows and not, and, and, and I get it, right? Some of the things that some of uh, our, some of the people we've watched over the years, they have gone through these things while they were on the show, um, you know, like they were on the show and a situation came up in their lives and then we just, you know, were privy to it playing out. But there are several people, more than a handful, who have gone on the show knowing that they were dealing with marital issues, raggedy financial issues, ish with their kids that might blow up out there in their faces or whatever. Most notably, uh, Real Housewives of Potomac, when that show started, there were individuals who went on that show when it started, cast members who um, had active, uh, you know, tax liens, active criminal cases, um, in Atlanta, went on the show in the meanwhile with businesses failing and houses that were boring on and literally went into foreclosure. Going on the show at its inception, Jen Shaw, who I will never be convinced that she and her husband did not know, given the nature of how the scheme worked that she was involved in, that there were cases involving her co-defendants so that there were possibly dominoes uh, uh, falling and, and, you know, guns being eventually pointed her way when she started the show, not just that it all fell apart during the show. So uh, Meredith, so we got stuff right on the show. Meredith, she and her husband were in the middle of a full-blown marital breakdown and separation and, and possible affairs and all of that stuff. Because remember, Jen spilled her tea, um, which I still maintain is what her ass is really mad about. Um, when And all of that was going on when this show started. So, and stuff that they were going to either end up addressing on the show or adjacent to the show in terms of the world pointing it out. So these are not normal people. These are people who who want to be on the show. And if it requires giving an element of their lives and talking about something personal going on with them, they're willing to do it by virtue of being willing to go on the show. But I also think that the housewives formula, these people get a lot of mileage out of having these babies. And so if somebody was a calculated study of what works 
for storyline and they really do what doesn't yeah they do jonda i mean i think it depends on on the franchise though because some of them some of the franchises started with groups of women who were not who were beyond childbearing age that's why you don't get babies on beverly hills that is correct but remember it's not necessarily like just people popping out babies it's the whole struggle with motherhood so that's why we have you know megan king that's why we have you know know monique Monique and 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 Ashley. But I think that's one of several formulas for any show, even outside of reality reality TV. I think that's one of several formulas for because let's because we know these shows they they write storyboards for them. And 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 it's relatable. And it's relatable. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is I think that's a that is a formula for any show when you're dealing with women of a certain age, um, you're going to inevitably write that into the show. Or even if it's a family show and then you have the older kids of a certain age, you write into a what you write in a wedding. Um, if you have a mother who's a widower, eventually you have her fall in love and, and remarry. Like there are certain things that go in. And, and let's face it, this one's a little different, though, because we're not talking about infertility in the sense that the woman wants to have, wants to actually have children. This is something that paints the husband in a really nasty light because excuse me, the issues with Dewey in terms of him uh, looking bad in all of this is not just, and then we, we're definitely going to have to move on because I think we're going to, if I recall, I think this is only going to give us a few more minutes. Um, the issue with Dewey is not just the fact that he wants more children and that he wants more children but remember the whole notion of with of him bringing up the sister wife thing was him um trying to get around the fact that not only does she not want to have kids any more kids, but there are also medical factors involved to wit nine miscarriages and an actual uh, loss of a live birth baby. So, you know, the fact that he is pushing the issue with or without a surrogate or a sister wife uh, makes this even uglier. Now, what I do agree with you on, um, especially, and it actually didn't occur to me until until the words came out of my mouth. Given that he is in the medical field, um, in, in which case he would have colleagues and friends and what have you that where, you know, they could probably help him grease the wheels to finding what he needs to find to make things less expensive. Um... I, I do, in talking through this, think that if there's any part of that um, that is probably contrived, and maybe this is part of what is maybe even troubling for you, and you could tell me, is the part about the sister wives thing. 
Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the part that I would say would be contrived. Now that I'm inclined to agree with you because in talking through it just now and, and, and had saying the words out of my mouth, surrogacy, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you just get a surrogate? Now I understand that if you want multiple children, then of course going for a surrogate would be more expensive. But if you're just starting with one to see how it goes, then why not get a surrogate, especially if there's no issue with your ability to afford it. And she, although it sounds to me like she doesn't want any more children, period, which I understand, because like she said, I'm in my 40s and we already got three kids. But, um, it, it, you know, and, and given the ages of the kids, she's at the point where whatever time she took away from you know, doing her to focus on raising the kids, they she is now at that glorious time where all of them are more or less out of the house in terms of being in school all day or daycare or whatever, where she can get back to doing whatever it is that she wants to do. If, if you were looking forward to reaching that point, and then when you get there and somebody says, well, let's let's uh circle back and start all start that all over again. And you're in your forties, by Dewey. But um, but no. So I'm I'm with you on that. I think the sister wives thing was done for effect because they're in Utah. So that concession I will definitely make. <laughs> and that's why I said that they're and 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 that's why I said I was back and forth because I think there's just enough about it that I don't think that is 100% contrived but that part absolutely he doesn't seem he doesn't even seem like the type he does he barely seems like he's interested in in having sex with her let alone with other people I mean and and like let's also be real if you're a man and and you are in if you're just a man of a certain stature, I mean, mm -hmm. you don't have to have a sister wife. You're just going to be doing what you do. So Exactly. And, and also men of a certain stature and what have you, I don't care where they live. They don't want that many kids. They, they, people of a certain income level just don't do that. They, it, they above everybody else already know which, it, that kids are a drain on your damn income. The rich don't stay rich by just spending all their money. Or shall I say the wealthy don't stay wealthy by spending all their money willy-nilly, including on a bunch of damn kids. Right, right. In right. fact, in some circles, it is even seen as unseemly and kind of lowbrow to just be having 50, 11 kids trailing behind you. But that might not be the way. It might not be as looked at, frowned down upon oh, yeah. as like much in, in Utah. Yeah. In Utah, oh, well, of course always. not. Because I mean, hello, they 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 got the FLDS there. I do love that she mentioned that because you know they kind of they'll mention the Mormon Church, but they won't mention the FLDS. And I like that she said, "Yeah, we're not them." She's like, "I'm not FLDS. I'm Catholic." Yeah, she's like, this ain't no Warren Jeffs BS up in this mofo. Okay, so that was a bunch of my notes. By the way, doesn't he remind you of Fred Armiston from SNL when he has his glasses on? When he has his glasses yeah, on. Yeah, he does, actually. He he does. He he does remind me. And um, I like Fred Armiston, but he absolutely reminds me of him. So, yeah, um, yeah. 
Okay, so we talked about that. I even wrote in my notes. She said, we are not FLDS. Um, more, Meredith and her husband, she's boring. He's creepy. I really don't have anything else to say there. Obviously, she's got a codependent relationship with the kids. And I don't even think it's the daughter. I think it's Brooks. We saw that with the whole thing with the fashion show with him tripping about the father not being there for the one sweatsuit that he probably had already seen for the past 20 months. Um, it, it, so I think because remember, uh, as I was telling you, uh, part of their plan to kind of make the whole Brooks Marks thing happen, which blew up in their face uh, in season one, was that he even left school for a semester to be there to do the show. As we right. saw, his sister did not. Right. And we never even hear about him them talking about the sister. Well, I I didn't even know they had another child except the when the sister was there and then she was gone. I don't even know was she even at the fashion show? No, she wasn't, but she sure was there when Jen Shaw was doing the stuff on the well, couch. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. But it had <laughs> and, and really had that whole thing not happened because that's why we were, you know, had a whole big thing at Meredith's house. I don't know if we would have ever known that she had a daughter because that's the only time we saw her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, next scene, equally creepy, but in a different kind of way. Gave me a little children of the corn type thing was the first birthday party for all of the babies that looked alike at Heather's business. I mean, that was just weird. Came in and was just like, are they quints or quads or however many there was? I mean, the only one that was different was the one with dark hair. And that's probably because given that they're in Utah, that person is probably like has some native American genes. So they overcame the the whatever other genes uh, of those children because all of those kids looked alike to the point where all of them either had strawberry blonde or red hair. But you know what's all so of them weird? Boys, all of them born roughly the same time because I remember this is the the group of people that she had that they she had to shower for. I mean, I thought her giving them all the little cars was cute, but that was it. So but crazy. I also thought it was weird that they would have drinks to the point where someone would be um, like that tipsy around little babies. I thought that I've was seen. weird. Now that I've seen, I've, I've been, I've been at parties where, you know, it, it was geared towards the fact that we're going to have a, you know, a full bar and now granted uh, most try to make sure at least the party had wound down and maybe the kids were, were somewhere else in a sleep or something. Yeah. Because at that point you all have baby babies. So unless you go ahead of daddies come and pick them up. Now I, I believe on the flip side of that, if I recall correctly, the, the ones who were tipsy were people who were not involved with the baby. So, I mean, a little weird, but at this point, people have alcohol at every event. I think it was, and and also, it, you you just never know with someone not it, whether or not a person knows how to hold their liquor. Angie may not be one that ties them on on a regular basis. Remember, she's our resident low key chick. Okay. Um, because I, if I recall correctly, that's the one who got tipsy. Um, 
I mean, they're not even supposed to be drinking Coke, right? Aren't Mormons like they're not even. Yeah, but not all of them are Mormons. Uh, Remember, Heather's definitely not with the church anymore. Whitney, I think, is kind of borderline, but, you know, they. No, Whitney was excommunicated. Right. And uh, Angie, I don't know if if she ever really said one way or the other. Um, Okay. So, okay, so Whitney tells Angie and the crew about her encounter at the restaurant with Lisa. And that's why I said Whitney was just excited that she had an opportunity to kind of get funky with somebody. Um, Lisa's not messing with Angie anymore. She says she doesn't exist to her. She's just going to pretend she's not there. Uh, Whatever. She's being petty. Um, I don't believe that Lisa didn't have anything to do with it. We already talked about that. Um, of course, Whitney invited Angie on the tubing trip, but that's, I mean, that's housewives, of course. We know. I mean, you're, you're going to invite the people that could potentially be a part of the conflict, which, of course, when you have somebody let, like Lisa, Angie doesn't even have to say anything and you're going to get a show. So, I mean, we know that's, that is what it is. Um, and as we know with Lisa, Everybody is her oldest and dearest friend, but in, but Lisa, I think you and I said this before. Lisa's that type that if you you are her friend, you're not allowed to be friends with anybody else. Right, right. I mean, even if it wasn't Whitney, she still would have an issue if Angie became a part of the group and somebody else got closer to her or or they did things together and didn't invite her, despite the fact that they're going to do something that they know you don't like to do. And that's why they didn't tell you. She's that type. Um, They go on a party bus and we got to say it because it's our, it's our thing. The location is two hours of the way, or as Mary says, (laughs) you say it. (laughs) It was was, six, 60 minutes twice. What was Yeah, 60 60 minutes, minutes, two times. times, Two times. Oh, Lord, Mary. So they start drinking champagne, or as the housewives like to call it, champs. And Mary says carbonation hardens your ovaries. And that's why she doesn't drink champagne or any carbonated drinks. Mary, just say that you don't drink. You're all wrapped up in the church anyway. So, I mean, I think we assume that. You buy Valentino dresses off the back of the rack and then put tight <laughs> on them. We know that you, you know, you are all into that. You know, you're that type of Pentecostal where I'm surprised you even wear pants. In fact, she probably only wears them when they go on these ski trips and stuff. Because I think we've pretty much only seen her in skirt sets. Well, she she wears them in the house, but I, I think you're allowed to do that. So, um, uh, so Mary says that Lisa, um, says for real or, or something to the effect, is that true? Lisa said, I need to Google it. Mary got offended and called her out and that escalated. I gotta say, I felt like it needed to be Googled too. It's also not the first time she said that, but I'm going to hand this to you because I know that it annoyed you. Hello? I think you're talking because I see your thing moving, but it, it went quiet. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. 
Okay, I, I haven't... because when you're talking, your thing moves on screen. So I'm like, I know she's there and saying something, but I'm missing these good words. <laughs> okay, so I have a development. I did Google. I did Google it, right? Mm-hmm. And I did carbon- too. carbonation can lower your fertility. Okay, I don't know about hardening your ovaries, mm-hmm. but carbonated carbonated drinks can lower your fertility. Now, why Mary is concerned about her fertility is beyond me, but okay. So that's and I why. did look at it as well. I do know it's disputed, and it, it also depends on age and how much. Um, I, I, I think you need to be one of those constant carbonated drinkers. I don't know if, uh, some champagne on a girl's trip is going to make you not be able to have babies. Okay. So I also or turn know, your ovaries into golf balls. I also know that like, I don't ride with Mary, you know, she operates on a different planet, <laughs> but, but if I were to say something like that and somebody in the peanut gallery says, oh, yeah, I should Google it, my reaction would be like, well, then Google that shit, bitch. Like, I don't like that. Like, that whole questioning of her, even if you thought it, keep it to yourself. Well, and that's what that's I was going to say. I think that that is one of those moments where everything that you think may not need to come out of your mouth. And I think the only reason why, and just like I'm not riding one way for, or the other for Mary, I damn sure ain't riding for Lisa. But yeah. I think that that was definitely one of those diarrhea of the mouth moments. Not that she doesn't, if, you know, if somebody wants, if somebody's upset about something, you know, that's fine. And um, I, I think though, based on her reaction, which is probably why it, you know, you kind of understand it, but the, the largesse of it may have hit some of us a little funky is that it went on for, I mean, of course, we don't know how long, but that was a two-hour bus ride. So God knows how long that argument (laughs) went on because we don't know if it began at the beginning or towards the end. But I'm inclined to believe that considering that we start out, we start out and we're rolling or whatever. We're going to pretty much start drinking right away. So we're good and lit and warm and fuzzy by the time we get there. I have never gotten into a vehicle, a, a limo or a party bus that had liquor that we waited until halfway till the ride was over to start drinking. We pretty much start drinking as soon as we get there and see that there's champagne bottle or whatever other liquor we ordered is there. So that leads me to believe that if it did, if this mess didn't go on the whole ride, it went on for a decent portion of it because when they got out of the vehicle, it wasn't just Lisa and Mary and Jenny that seemed weary of the situation. All of them seemed like they were over it. Because even Mary and Lisa themselves were like, okay, are you going to let it go? 
okay, I'll let it go. Are you going to let it go? Why are we doing this? Because I'm black. And by, the, and by the time a conversation gets to the point where you start saying, is it because I'm black? Y'all been at it for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, Mary, Mary doesn't pull that. She doesn't really well, she, do that a lot. That's why I'm saying something. That's what I was going to get to. Something, because I know we got to wrap this up, because I know this is going to time out on us in like about five minutes. Something else has is going on. I think there's something else that was behind why she got wound up and stayed wound up as well as the because I'm black thing. Because, and remember a lot of times, in fact, most of the time when we see this because editing and producers put this together, you know, to help to create the storyline and make it flow in a way where it makes sense to us so that we get sort of a cohesive story. But some of these things are not happening in sequence. In fact, we know a lot of them are not happening in sequence because they right. show up for scenes just like a movie. Um, and so I'm wondering if a combination of just life going on behind the scenes that we don't see combined with perhaps there being something out of sequence, if there's something else not going on, because Mary has also been making some comments calling one or more of them racist on social media as well. Since right, I've heard about started. that. So I think there was something else going on. Jumping ahead to Jenny. That the Jenny thing, I get. It was loud. It, it was rude. She was, you know, going through her own stuff or whatever. That being said, I also grant just a pinch of grace, just a pinch, because like I said, I, I felt like all of them were weary of it by the time they got off the bus. And she's just the one who finally just was like, God damn, whatever. And I think that part of that is how she is. Because remember, even when they were ice fishing and Meredith and Jenny and Meredith and Jen kept going on and on and on, she was like, are we going to do, you know, whatever. I, I, I think that that's just, and, and I'm not saying that anybody has to like it. I'm just, I just think that she is that type that went, that she's like, all right, bitches, damn, are we going to roll or are we not? I'm, I'm, I'm over it. And I don't well, the care part, if I'm involved or not. The part that drove me crazy, and this is all I'm going to say about it, is you tell people to shut up. And then when they tell you, don't talk to me like that, you're going to go on and on about how you don't have to do what anybody else says. And and I, you know, and you and I talked about this earlier and I, I definitely get put, gave that a lot of thought and I totally, totally get that. I, I totally respect what you're saying. Um, I think that this is one of those things that it's not even so much a matter of two things can be right at the same time because I don't think this is a matter of necessarily right or wrong, but I just I think that you can have several blowups at the same time, nobody be all right, nobody be all wrong. And you definitely, even if your intention was to kind of move everybody along past whatever that bullshit was, you definitely cannot do it in a manner that also may be offensive and then get angry when somebody reacts in a certain way. You know, like, don't throw a rock at me and then police how I, how I react to you throwing that rock at me. 
I wouldn't have let that go. And I don't think Mary's going to let that go. So we're going to see, I'm sure we're going to see this reverberate. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only way that this, although, you know what, with Mary, because Mary just really does not give those ladies the same energy that they give to each other. I honestly think that especially since the stuff is going to shift into the direction of um, Lisa and them, you know, starting the, you know, the ish with the rumors with her family. I think that we, that Mary may just shift gears and deal with whoever is involved with that. Because again, Mary does not give these women the same energy that they give each other. In fact, Mary doesn't give these women the same energy that any of these housewives give each other. She is very like, whatever, bitches. I mean, remember, she went to sleep at the reunion. Like she just, she just yeah, does not. Yeah. Um, like she said at the table when Jenny was talking, when she was like, okay, I don't know who she talking to or about, but if it's me, then she'll look at me. If not, I'm going to just stay here. I, I think that's just how she is. If she's, she's not, she is kind of like Jen Shaw. Don't come at me trying to be all friendly to me. If you know, we really don't get down like that. I, you know, I ain't going to just be trying to come and start some stuff with you, but don't come at me acting like me and your family going to get together. Remember when Jim was like, we right. can get together, whatever. And Mary, Jim, Mary was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and she was good with that. And if you're not good with that, that's fine. I think, um, you know, if something else happens, I think it would be initiated by Jen. I just don't think that Mary is going to go out of her way to give anybody that energy. It's just not in her. And, and you know, ain't, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, there isn't. Later on, they're at the table. We talked about this. Uh, I'm not giving Lisa any more of my energy. I will say this was one of my favorite lines of the episode. I forget that this was one of my favorite lines. When Lisa said... You know, I would never do this or that with the LGBTQ because my grandfather was gay. I was like, Ur? oh, that was really funny. <laughs> and she was like, and that was really difficult or whatever. Girl, if your grandfather was gay, A, you didn't know about it and because he was your grandfather and had a bunch of kids. And B, you wouldn't have been in any way engaged with the knowledge of how hard life was for him unless he had a conversation with you much, much later when you were an adult later in life. So girl, please. But even if that, if I were to grant her the grace that that did happen, where her <laughs> and her grandfather had that big conversation, let's just pause on the play at my grandfather was gay. I'm done I mean, right there. I'm 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 done with it too. I mean it's yeah, so performative. I'm, I'm it surprised is. I'm surprised she didn't say to Mary, how can I be being mean to you? I have a black friend. Like, well she's she's gonna say that eventually. Um I am sure that when everything goes down with the Mary thing if or when, and I do believe the previews lend itself towards a confrontation with Mary, um, I mean, not Mary, with Lisa and probably Whitney, because I feel like on the extended preview, 
it was Whitney who was sitting down talking to one of the relatives. This scene that they showed of Lisa introducing Meredith to somebody at the party to talk about Mary was new because that's not the same scene that we saw on the extended preview. The extended preview we saw was Whitney sitting down talking to the guy that I'm pretty sure was the cousin that I had seen on YouTube. Although now I'm looking at the cousin and this guy, they kind of look alike. I mean, they're both kind of like sort of chunky, um, chunky, light-skinned black guys. So, um, you know, where, but the cousin seemed a little bit more flamboyant when I saw him. So at any rate, we'll see, but I, I think that's where Mary's next conflict is coming from. And I'm ready for it because the ish is, you know, like it or not, it is damn interesting. And we have been waiting for over a season, going all the way back to season one, for them to truly address the Mary stuff as opposed to just sort of dancing around the version of the story that she told in like episodes maybe one and four which we already knew going into the season weren't true mm. and they kind of did you know try to get into it at the reunion but um mary and and i you know now that part i, I hand it to her is just not really going to let you take her anywhere that she's not willing to go in a conversation so in order to deal with it, you do almost have to bring in somebody, give the information, and then, you know, uh, confront it that way and, and see where the conversation goes in that manner. Because if you just start, like, asking her questions about it, she's got the lies ready and, you know, and also she's got the gift of gab. It, right. it, it may be a little crazy, but she doesn't, she doesn't do or hasn't been able to do what she's been able to do all of these years without the gift of gab, because she could have very easily just had just been Robert's wife and he continued to run the church. But that's not what happened. She became Robert's wife. And ultimately, however long it took, she ultimately became the person in front. In fact, they don't even allude to the idea that Robert is the the face of the church in terms of the ministry at all. So, right. which is definitely what his role was when he did it with her grandmother. And again, it's not like he's super old. He's only in his 60s, which, you know, there's a there's the gazillion preachers his age. Well, what's clear to me is that Robert is doing him and enjoying that money. So, oh, yeah. there's that. Well, and that's the truth. But um, <laughs> anywho, we pretty much end with everybody. Lisa's smiling. Uh, I thought that it was really, we, you saw the true essence of Lisa's nastiness when in that last confessional when she, she had, when she literally had a smile on her face and said, I don't know why she's sharing her pain with these women. They are all selfish bitches. Right. And, um, and I was like, however you may feel about them, I just felt like that moment, 
didn't call for that level of callousness because however these women may feel about each other, if there's anything that a bunch of people, you know, Sonsberry who was dealing with some other shit, but for, you know, if there's any one thing that people can connect on is, um, is loss. And if you're dealing with a bunch of women, all of whom are mothers, um, and you're talking about the loss of the, a, a loss of a child, um, it, that's, that's just not something that is going to leave anybody not being able to have some level of empathy, whether it's the first time or the 50th time they're hearing it. Thank you all for hanging out with us and especially to my co-host, Missy, for all of her awesome insights we have a great time when we talk about these shows and I hope you're having a great time with us. Please continue to follow us on or follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for Just Jonda. Also for Daily Fun, Go on and join up on the Fashion and Drama Diaries that you can find on Facebook. The link is right in the info box for this episode, as well as the information section on the podcast page. We talk about all kinds of stuff every day, fashion, drama, politics. It's not just about Bravo. If you listen to my show on a regular basis, you know Just Jonda has an opinion and something to say about pretty much everything. Also, if you have iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, make sure that you go on over there, especially to iTunes, leave us five stars and a review, and make sure you subscribe on the various podcast networks that you listen to so that we can make sure you don't miss a thing. Because honestly, do you really want to? Of course not. As always, if you're thinking about it, clicking about it, linking about it, and want to talk about it, chances are I want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Bye-bye.